good vibes Stick the inside the mind of psychic mamas Good vibes Stick the inside the mind of psychic mamas Psychic mamas Your favorite psychic mamas Psychic mamas Hey, you guys, welcome back to Good Vibes Thick Thighs. I am your host, Gemini211, aka Bad Bitch Energy, along with my Brujita taking off the in training right now. (laughs) (laughs) It's Roxy, aka Intuitive Rocks. And due to all the questions we've had about Reiki, we figured we'd bring in a Reiki master since we know Andrea does Reiki. I've had Reiki done on me. But we but I don't Reiki myself, so this is amazing. <laughs> Just like I don't read myself and all that good stuff. We brought in a professional, I guess you could say. Come on all in right. and introduce yourself. <laughs> all right. My name is Silvana, but in general, people just call me the healing witch. But yes, I am a Reiki master. I've been a Reiki master for just a year now, but I've been practicing Reiki for about three years. Awesome. I know people question me about like, you know, there's just like Reiki practitioners, but there's Reiki master. So explain. Explain the difference between just a regular Reiki practitioner and a Reiki master. So there is a big difference between a Reiki practitioner and a Reiki master. First, a Reiki master goes through extensive training, much different than a Reiki practitioner. So so let me just go over the similarities first. Okay, so with all Reiki practitioners being level one or level two or level three, whatever it is, you're all able to tap into that Reiki energy. But with each level, you're learning different symbols and different techniques of healing, okay? So with the level one Reiki practitioner, you're able to just heal yourself. So you're learning about you're learning about the history of Reiki and it's really like the basics, like the one-on-one. And then with the level two, you're able to heal other people and animals. So you're learning about how, how you can heal other people, like the different hand techniques and the different placements and things like that. But with the Reiki master, it was a really in-depth, like I had a really in-depth training where I learned about like in-depth about all the different chakras, the body in general, where like certain organs are located, where things, where there's like energy points, pressure points in the body, where we hold tension, where we hold pain, feelings of anxiety, things like that. So I had an extensive training on the different parts of the body and what I can do, like different hand placements and things that I can do to help that general area. But also we went more into depth over the history of Reiki, how we're able to channel Reiki without having to say anything or even use any symbols. Uh, We learned different mantras, different meditations, and things like that. So it was really, really extensive. And yeah, it's a little bit different than becoming just a Reiki practitioner, which there's nothing wrong with that. I want to put that out there. There's nothing wrong with just being a level two Reiki practitioner or a level one. It's all about your journey and what you feel called to. So there's nothing wrong with if you get to level one and you're like, hey, that's all I want to do. Like, I just want to be a level one Reiki practitioner. Or you get to level two and you're like, that's just, that's just what I want to be. I want to stay at this level. Uh, but also another cool thing about becoming a Reiki master is you're able to teach other people at that level. So you're able to teach other people level one Reiki. You're able to teach other people about level two Reiki. And then you're able to attune other people to become Reiki practitioners themselves. Um, and that's really a big thing. Like it's very extensive training because the attunement process is not 
it's not easy, if that makes sense. So you're having to learn the traditions and the rituals of Reiki. Yeah. So Sorry, long story. <laughs> no, that's good because I feel like a lot of people question or wonder about that. Like I stopped at level two Reiki because I didn't want to teach Reiki for one. Like the level three, my teacher was like more focused on you learn level three so you could teach, you know, and in my time when I was doing Reiki, I'm like, I don't want to teach Reiki. And to be honest, Reiki was the first thing I did to tap into my spirituality. And it's the first thing that like people that come to me when they're like, I feel gifted, or I feel like I'm like, go learn Reiki, because there's like no fear. You know, when you do tarot, it's kind of like Ugh, spirits or ghosts or like, you know, <laughs> people get scared where I'm like, Reiki, there's nothing scary about it. You go learn, you tap in. And then for me, it was like, I opened Pandora's box. I did Reiki for the first time. And I'm like, Oh, this is not scary. Okay, cool. So I went into level two. And then I'm like, that's when channeling just became so easy. And I'm like, I'm not that I don't like Reiki. I don't prefer it. If you want me to do Reiki for you, I do Reiki all day. But my go to is channeling. So I feel like I'm just like a jack of all trades when it comes to spirituality. How I don't know. I just other than astrology, I wish I could learn it and absorb it. But we're not friends. So I'm, I'm just a fan. I'm like a groupie when it comes to astrology. I'm like, I want to be there, but I can't help you, you know? So, so sorry that we jumped into that. I know Roxy's like, we're supposed to start with the, with the truth and lies icebreaker. <laughs> but I just felt like that was a good opportunity for people to know a little bit about Reiki, like what it consists of, because there's a lot of Reiki people out there that are masters, just Reiki healers. I don't know, you know, different things. I just want to add this because it's, you brought up a really good point. A lot of people don't know the difference between practitioners and Reiki masters. And I just want to put it out there. It doesn't matter who you go to for Reiki, as long as you feel like they have good energy and you vibe with them. It doesn't matter if they're a Reiki master or if they're a level two practitioner, they have to be at least a level two to be able to, you know, uh, channel it to another person. But um, as long as they're a level two Reiki practitioner, you feel good about them, good energy, good vibes, go ahead. You know, you can do the same, like, even though I'm a Reiki master, you can do the same level and amount of healing that, that I can do. And also another thing that a lot of people don't know, it's really up to the person how much healing energy they soak up. So how open they are to receiving that Reiki energy is all up to them. It's not up to the practitioner. So I could have, like, let's say this, I could have someone come up to me a Reiki master and I could do a session for them that I would do on anybody else and they get nothing out of that session and they go to Andrea and boom they feel better they feel lighter they there's something about it it's it just it happens to be like all it's all individual like individual perception how open they are to it and also the energy they feel between the energy so is so important between a reiki practitioner and the client themselves does that make sense yep absolutely yeah it totally makes sense and it's something that we preach about like everybody on their spiritual journey it's all unique there's no right or wrong it's the way you feel and what you're taking in so it's awesome that you being like someone not just us saying it (laughs) maybe they'll listen I think that's why like it took me like I did Reiki from Andrea for the first time and then obviously I went to TikTok to see the people doing Reiki and kind of fill out and stuff and that's how I found you and I was like "Ooh, I kind of like her vibes like I like what I'm feeling from just off of your your videos that you post and Mm -hmm. that's how we got connected and stuff so and I did do a session with her which like I was 
I was like, I consent, bring it on. <laughs> I'm all in the receiving end, like I'm all for it. So yeah, it definitely, yeah, it does make a huge difference. You feel drowned and all that good stuff. So we're all in the mood to talk Reiki now, but we want to get to know Silvana better. So we're going to start with the two truths and one lie that we usually do. So go ahead and hit us with the three facts okay. <laughs> and we'll guess. So, okay. So I am originally from Croatia. All right. I've lived in Kentucky most of my life and I've traveled to 13 different countries. Ooh. Good luck with this one, ladies. <laughs> it's all about around the world right here. <laughs> with all yes. Three of them. <laughs> yes. So it's going to be hard to distinguish which one's the truth and which one's a lie. I had to come up with something good, something like believable because I'm a horrible liar. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. I was just like, let me just tune into it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Roxy. I want to say the 13 different, the last one you mentioned. The 13 before, different. Yeah. And then okay. what do you think, Drea, before she tells us which one is the Kentucky. actual lie? If she grew up in Kentucky. <laughs> which one's the lie? Yeah. The 13 different countries. Oh, <laughs> oh no, I wish. I wish. I wish. I, I would love to travel to a, that many countries, but that, that would be amazing. That's definitely for sure on the bucket list. But yeah, I'm originally from Croatia, but I've lived in Kentucky most of my life. Oh, wow. What part of Kentucky are you from? Or like, where do you live? Uh, I, I lived in Bowling Green, Kentucky most of my life. It's a like, it's not super small, but it's small enough to where most people don't know where it's at. But it's the southern. Only- thing I know in Kentucky is Louisville. Did I say it right? Yeah, because of the Derby. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Louisville was about two hours from me. Oh, nice. Yes. Yep. But now I'm in Texas. Ooh, that's a good state to be in. Yeah, I know she's in Texas when we, because when I like hit her up for the session, one-on-one Reiki session, like we, I think we mentioned like the time zones and that she was in Texas, I was in Texas type of thing. And so like (laughs) for a second that Kentucky went through me off, then I was like, no, I really think it's the 13th. Oh my gosh, you beat me. I I lost my winning streak. Doom, doom, doom. <laughs> well, I was going to say that I live in Texas, but then I was like, well, Roxy knows I live in Texas because, you know, we had this discussion. So I was like, dang it, I can't say that. <laughs> oh, this is good. Yeah, this is super good. Okay, so I'm super excited because that was the first time I've ever won that. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so next up is the the question of if there was a movie made about your life who would you pretty much choose to portray you in that movie so we're gonna take our guesses and then you're gonna let us know who but did you already have a guess drea or yeah who do you i think? chose sandra bullock oh my god me too i legit wrote it down <laughs> so that's all i mean i didn't think of her i didn't think of her but she's definitely a good one she she could be somebody that could play me in a movie um, but I picked Angelina Jolie. Oh, wow. Um, I guess because I loved her and Laura Croft and a lot of people like that when they see me, they're like, oh my God, you look just like Laura Croft. Like you should play like, you know, you should be Laura Croft. For wow. And also I just love Angelina Jolie for like the things that she stands for, her philanthropy, um, her philosophy, just her way in life. I really love it. Um, And also I love the fact that she's very mysterious. Like she doesn't go with like the status quo. She, even though she's in Hollywood, she like does her own thing. And I feel like that's kind of like how I've been in my life. Like I've just kind of been like just zooming through it, doing my own thing on my own bus, like not really worried about other people. That's awesome. That is totally awesome. And she is very a strong, that's a strong character. Yeah, for sure. 
actress, that, whatever you want to call it. It's yes. strong. I could totally see that. And then like the characteristics that you pointed out, like very true. I guess my mind went to Sandra Bullock because of her like, what is it called? Like from all her, her, the characters she plays, she's very adaptable, I guess is the word. I don't know. <laughs> she's able to fit in. Like she's like a chameleon. She's able yeah. to fit in. There you go. <laughs> to fit into her environments. Yeah. She gets really well into character too. Yeah, she's strong. I for me that's like a strong energy. Like, you know, like she's dominant. She knows her position. She knows her place. She comes in. Like, I don't feel like she comes in like loud and obnoxious. She comes in to fucking what she needs to do. She gets the job done. No hesitation. Um goes out. Yeah. And she has been doing awesome. it. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Best part. Tell us a little bit about you. Like, how did you get into Reiki? How did you start your spiritual journey? See, this is something like I haven't really talked about that much. Um, So this will be when you guys, when I was thinking about this question, when you sent me like a list of questions to look out for and things like that, this was one of the questions that I was kind of like, do I really want to get into this? Do I really want to talk about this? And I was like, this is like the first time I'm really going to be talking about this to anybody. Um, So my spiritual journey started really, really young. My first spiritual experience I had was when I was a child, the earliest I can remember when I was seven years old. And um, that was really the first time I knew that I could, that I had abilities that most people didn't have, or, or at least the people around. Growing up, I was a weird child. I'm just going to be honest with you. Like I was raised by my grandfather. I had, that's a whole nother story for another time. But my grandparents pretty much raised me. And growing up, I was a weird child. Like my grandpa would tell me that like, I would say weird things. Like when I got older, he would tell me I used to always say weird things. Like when I was around three or four years old, he said you would meet people And he would start telling them about things that were going to happen in their life. And he said some of the words that you were saying, he said, like, children your age didn't have that vocabulary. And one of the things that I, like, I do remember, and I'm still reminded to this day, (laughs) which is kind of a funny story, but not really funny at the same time. I was about four years old. And my uncle, he reminds me still to this day. He said, he said, you told me, he said, you told me what was going to happen. He said, he said, my wife was going, I was four years old, mind you. (laughs) And he said, you told me my wife was going to cheat on me, and that she was going to divorce me. And he was like, you even told me like the, like around the time that she was going to do it and when all this stuff was going to happen and you never liked her. You never liked her like at all being around. Like every time she would come over, I would come over with her. You would tell her that she had to step outside, that you didn't like her and that she was a bad person and all this stuff. And he was like, we were, we would just laugh about it. He said, we would just laugh about it. <laughs> it was like crazy because we were like, we didn't know where she was getting it from. Like, where was she getting like this from? And this stuff actually happened. So, but I didn't know where it was coming from at the time. Like I didn't, I had no idea. And I still think back to this day. I'm like, dang it. I was like, I I wonder, like, I wish I could go back and just figure out where I was getting this information from. And so when I was seven years old, that's when I first saw, like, my first remember seeing a spirit, like seeing a, like a ghost, a spirit, um, and being able to speak to it. And I didn't understand, I didn't understand at first what it was. For me, it looked like a regular person. 
but I couldn't touch them and I couldn't like, they couldn't touch me and things like that. And I, that was the first time I really remember. And I had, a, it was kind of weird where I kind of encountered it. Like it's kind of stereotypical. I was living with my grandparents. And at the time, my grandparents were living in a condo and this condo had like, it was a fence. And then there was like some bushes behind the fence. Well, I managed to like, I would manage to jump over the fence and go <laughs> past the bushes and past the bushes, there was a graveyard. And I used to hang out in the graveyard. I was so drawn. I was really curious at that time about death and things like that. I used to ask weird questions all the time. That was where I first saw my first spirit, you know, at, as at that graveyard. And I didn't understand. I was, I went, I would go back home and I would tell them all about it. And my grandpa was like, you're weird. Why are you telling me all these things? Like play, go do kid stuff. Like, why are you interested in this stuff? Like I would ask him questions about death. I would, I would tell him that I was meeting people at the graveyard and he's like, don't go over there. Like, why are you going over there? Like I would get reprimanded. Like, you know, he's like, why are you going over there? Like just weird stuff. But I never really turned that off. So I was so curious about it so I like sometimes kids will turn it off so I feel like mm -hmm. at some point in our lives we may not remember it we've, we've all gone through like where we've been able to see spirit kids are more open to the idea of spirits and being able to see them like their energy is really easy for spirits to like communicate with um, and really open so I never really turned that off so uh, the older I got the more I wanted to explore it but I had to do it like low-key because my family was religious like really religious and like also not just religious, but they were culturally centered. So the culture I come from, like, this is a big no-no. Like, you don't mm -hmm. talk about this kind of stuff. Like, you don't go into depth about this kind of stuff. And also, like, they, they consider it more like witchcraft, which is like a huge sin in my religion. And so this was something that my family just didn't want me to talk about. They always knew because I was because I would tell them about it and stuff. But they always knew there was something weird there. But I didn't tell them to the extent like to the extent like of things. And then at some point it just became like, you know, zip your lips, don't say anything. Just whatever you see, whatever you hear, whatever you know, you don't know it, you don't see it, you don't hear it mm -hmm. kind of thing. And that really changed me that I didn't have anybody to talk to about it, that I didn't have anybody to go to about it. Honestly, I became a kid who was really shut off from the world. Um, I isolated myself a lot. I didn't have a whole lot of friends because the things that I was interested in, other kids thought were weird. Um, they thought I was like, they were very skeptical. They were like, oh, who is she? Like, what is she talking about? Like, who, who's interested in that kind of stuff? Like, no one's talking about it. And my family kind of like, I was just, I became like that black sheep of the family where it's like, we're not, we don't really want you talking to other people. We don't really want you at the forefront, just kind of hang out behind the scenes and act normal. That's kind of like how my childhood was. And my sisters used to like pick on me all the time because of it. My parents kind of shunned me out. So I just, I kind of just went into my own little space, like my own little hole, my own little bubble. I say it's a blessing for me because it's almost like spirit knew like the kind of family I was born into and how I was going to be raised and how my childhood was going to go, that I needed somebody, that I needed somebody to survive, that I needed someone to help me get through this. And so I really like I'm every day that when I wake up, I'm so thankful because I don't know if I could have made it through the kind of childhood that I had, had I not been able to see spirits, had I not been connected to something like a higher power, yeah. that makes sense.
it was right around the time where I got into high school and college where I really, really started to explore it. I had internet access. I had access to books. I got my driver's license. So I was able to go to places like Barnes and Noble, the library, things like that, where I could get away from my family and really start exploring this stuff. And, you know, on YouTube as well. So, and I want to say like college was a very pivotal point for me. It was where I really got into my own and I started finding people who were like-minded. I started finding people like, I'm like, it was, it's like, if you ever seen that TikTok where it's like, uh, where the voice is like, are you spiritual? <laughs> yes, I'm spiritual. It was kind of like that. And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, this is amazing. And I, you know, I was living away from my family. So I could really, really like tap into it. So I start, I was living about, three hours away from my family at this point. So I, and there was like local crystal shops. There was also Reiki masters where I was living, Reiki practitioners and things like that. Um, But I didn't really get into Reiki until um, after my daughter was born. So that that was really like late in life um, later on. And a lot of people were like, well, you know, they think I would have gotten into it sooner because I had known about it, but I didn't feel called to it at the time. Like I knew about it when I was getting spirituality, but I wasn't like, you know, I was like, I didn't really know about it. I was, I was like, I didn't really want to like dive deep into it and find out about it. So I was like, I didn't, I didn't feel called to it. Uh, but I had, um, after my daughter, I suffered postpartum depression, but I also had an identity crisis after I gave birth to my daughter because I really, that was a really hard time for me. I truly lost sense of all sense of myself. I I didn't know what my purpose was anymore. Um, you know, I became a full-time stay at home mom. I didn't have support from my family. I was isolated. I was by myself. My daughter was colic, you know, for the first six months of her life. She barely, barely slept. I was sleep deprived, breastfeeding, um, had no support there. Um, Also, it was still like around COVID. So most people didn't really go out. So it was really, really hard, difficult time for me. Honestly, I lost my purpose in life and I was drowning in depression, like drowning. I looked at my daughter and I would feel so guilty. I'm like, you deserve a better mother. Like I would look at her, I'm like, you deserve a better mom. Oh, so also so disconnected. What everything I thought motherhood would be like, it was not like that at all for me. I remember this was really, really weird. I'm like shaking as I'm saying this because I remember it exactly. I was I was really close to just ending it, like ending my life. I remember I set my daughter down in the crib and I was like, this is it. I was like, I'm gonna do it. I was like, I can't, I can't go on anymore. I'm I can't do this. I was like, she'll be better off. I will be better off. I can't let her see me like this anymore. And I remember getting down on my knees and I was like, what am I doing? I was like, what am I doing? I was like, what am I doing with my life? I was like, God. And I have, I had a really rocky relationship with God at the time. And I was like, God, I was like, I know me and you have had our ups and downs. And I was like, I know I, I haven't been the best. I know that I have made mistakes. I know that I have done wrong. But I was like, I really need you right now. I was like, I really need your help. I was like, I don't know how to get through this. I was like, the medicine's not helping. I was like, I have nobody to talk to. I was like, what is going on? I was like, I want to, I love my daughter. I want to be here for my daughter, but I cannot be here for her like this. I was like, I really, really, really need your help. I was like, send some message to me, send something to me. What direction do I need to go in? Um, And I just had a breakdown. I just started crying and weeping and just 
I just kept crying. Um, and that night I went to bed and something came to me. Like, it, I don't know what it was. Um, I couldn't see it, but I could feel its presence. And it was like, it literally said these words. I was like, you need to go to the bookstore tomorrow. There's a book that you need to pick up. You need to read it. You'll know it when you see it. And the next day I went into the bookstore and I kid you not, as soon as I like, you know, when you enter Barnes and Noble, how they have like a bunch of books on display and also by the corridor where the doors are. Yeah. I was shook. I went home. I was shook. Every single book was on Reiki. Every single one. It was all about Reiki. What is Reiki? How to practice Reiki? Every single book. And there was crystals and everything. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, this is it. I was like, this is it. And I picked up a book and I went home. I read that book. It took me probably less than an hour to read that book. And I was like, I think this is what I need. I was like, this is what I need. And I got on Facebook and it was before I was even going to like Google, like to type it into the Facebook search bar. Cause I was going to look for a Reiki master who could possibly like teach me Reiki or mm-hmm. even just do a session for me. And I didn't think my small town would have anybody, mm-hmm. uh, but before I even got on, there was an ad that popped up and it was for a Reiki master in my city. That's and crazy. <laughs> I was like mind blown. I was like spirit. I was like, God, you listened. You did something. I was like, I'm following it. Like I, I'm not going to ignore it. And I talked to my husband and my, mind you, my husband is super religious, but at the time he was, I was explaining it to him and he was like, yeah, he's like, go for it. He's, he's like, you know, I know that you need this. If you feel like it can help you go ahead. And I was, um, I set up a, a session just to talk to her, just to fill her out, see how it is. And literally within that first session, I knew it was like right for me. I set up a class. And the funny thing is, is she said that she hadn't taught a class in over a year. She said it wasn't, you know, she said she had it because there was not enough people mm-hmm. in the community or in the city that were really wanting to be taught. So she's like, you know, let me set you up a class. But she's like, it's not a for sure thing. She said, because if I don't get enough people, she's like, I'm sorry, I can't teach you. She said, I have to have at least three or four people. Otherwise, she said, unfortunately, it's not worth my time to each their mm-hmm. own. And I respect her. So I was like, okay. And she calls me back a month later. And she's like, hey, she said, I found three more people who are interested. And she said, I want to bring you on. She said, how soon can you come in? And I said, I can come in soon. I was like, I just wanted to do it. But at the same time, I was worried, you guys. I was worried because my daughter was breastfeeding. And I, if you guys know anything about breastfeeding, sometimes there's like some people who overproduce and underproduce. Yeah. I was an underproducer. So I barely, I couldn't pump either. No amount of milk, I couldn't pump. So I was really worried how I was going to able, how I was going to be able to do this. But luckily she accommodated everything for me. Like she said, even if you have to bring your daughter in, because I explained to her my situation, what I was going through. She said, even if you have to bring her in and take breaks, go ahead. And I, and it was like a two day class. And during that two day class, it was like the most empowering, most healing time of my life. Um, I hadn't felt that empowered and that, uh, that much lighter in such a long, long time. And I had, we did like, we did a couple of sessions and during the class on each other. Um, and I don't know if you guys know anything, but I had a Kundalini awakening during one of those Reiki sessions. Oh, what wow. is that? So Kundalini is a much stronger type of energy. It's a very strong energy. Some people describe it as like a snake, like 
up and down your back kind of feeling. But when you tap into your Kundalini energy, it's like that divine feminine energy inside of you. It's, 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 it's like, it's, it's very much deep. Okay. So if you've ever done, if you've really gone deep into shadow work, if you had a Kundalini awakening, you, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And she immediately got everybody out of the room. Like I felt like the, I was doing like exorcism moves yeah. like on the yeah. bed and I started crying. And then at one point I got up and I was screaming, I was mm-hmm. screaming and she was, she just came up behind me and she was holding me and she said, it's okay. You are safe. You're okay. And she said, just do what you need to do. And it was like all of that trauma, all of the things that I was holding inside me, all of the things that were over the years that I had suppressed and that I was going through, it all came out. It all came spewing out of me. And it felt like such a big release, like such a big release. I felt like a totally different person at the end of it. Like I went home that day um, after the second day and my husband looked at me. He said, you just look different. He said, I don't know what it is. He said, you have this glow. He said, it's like you have this glow about you. You look like a different person. And my neighbors started to notice it too. They were like, what have you been doing? Like, you, you know, you have this happiness about you. you have like, and um, I remember one of my neighbors um, and I didn't even know it at the time that he was super spiritual, but he said, your aura is stronger. He said, I don't know what you did, but he said, your aura is stronger. He said, I can oh, feel wow. you. He said, I could feel you from a distance. And it was the Reiki. It was being attuned to Reiki. It was going, it was going through those sessions. It was that awakening inside of me. And after the Reiki, after I was attuned to Reiki and all of that, I practiced it mostly on myself. I didn't practice it on anybody else. I practiced it on myself. And I don't want to say I'm like 100% like that I was 100% healed there. I don't even know if there is such a thing as being 100%. I don't think so either. Yeah. No. And I was just like, it helped me deal with the things better. Mm -hmm. So it helped me process my depression. It helped me process my anxiety. It helped me process all of the sadness that I had in my life, the things that I felt were missing. It helped me process all of that in a healthier way where I wasn't self-sabotaging and I didn't have these limiting beliefs and I didn't want to harm myself. And um, it really helped me become a better person, but also a better mother. And that's why I'm so thankful and grateful to Reiki um, because prior to being attuned to Reiki and having Reiki sessions done on me, I was disconnected. I, I, I disconnected because I couldn't deal with what was really going on inside. So it was easier for me to disconnect myself from any sense of emotions because I knew that if I had connected, I knew my mind would take me to a dark place and I didn't know how to handle those emotions. Does that make sense? Yeah. That was kind of how my spiritual journey started out. Um, it's my, I could write probably a book on it to go deeper into <laughs> detail, but that's, that's how I, that's how I got into Reiki. And that's why I've continued to, um, teach other people Reiki and to, you know, keep practicing Reiki in my life because I know how much good it's done for me. And I know that other, there's other people out there who can do good for, even if you're not a spiritual person, you don't have to be gifted, but I believe that Reiki can benefit all people. I agree with you hundred percent. Yeah, I agree. So in doing Reiki, how long now did you say you've been doing Reiki? For about three years now. Oh, wow. I've been a- I've been a Reiki master for a year and then I, I was a practitioner for two. Oh, nice. So have you incorporated any like extra things to your Reiki? Like, oh yeah, <laughs> for sure. So 
they don't call me the healing witch for nothing. Uh, (laughs) I definitely incorporate some of my witchy practices into uh, my sessions. So I will say this. I don't practice Reiki on everybody. When I, when I have someone come to me, I will feel them out. So I will do like, I don't know how to explain it. It's just something like that a I spiritual have. evaluation I, or something. Yes, because I don't want anyone's energy transferred on to me. I don't want there. I have had people come to me and they had done some kind of seance. They did some kind of thing where they channeled something. They didn't really know what they were channeling. Um, and they did some kind of sacrifice and all this other stuff. Yeah. And then they come to me and they want me to get rid of it. They want they they want me to get rid of whatever it is that they got themselves into. That's not what I do. So I have to evaluate each and every single person's energy when they come in. Now, I'm not going to say that I turn everybody down, but um, I do ask questions before I before someone comes to me for a Reiki session. And I've had people that have been mad at me because I've turned them down because I ask them what their intentions are behind the Reiki session, what it is that they're wanting to do, uh, what it is they're hoping to achieve, you know out of these sessions. Also, I incorporate a lot of crystals into my uh, Reiki practice. So depending on what the person needs, what I honestly feel, every person's different. I feel called to different crystals during the healing. Also, I like to burn a lot of cedar. A lot of people will sage or a lot of people will burn Palo Santo. But I will say this, if you are, and this is probably going to get a lot of people like, what? What did she just say? (laughs) Sage does the opposite of bringing in positive energy. Sage does the opposite. Sage brings in everything. It calls everything. It is like a big welcome sign to spirits, negative entities, anything, any kind of energy. It's like, hey, I'm here. You're welcome here. Come on in. That's what Sage does. Now, Sage has its purpose and its place for things. So if you're trying to call something, if you're trying to channel something specific, Sage is amazing. But cedar is really where it's at. If you burn cedar, cedar helps get rid of any negative energies, negative entities, any kind of negative emotions that the body feels and experiences. Cedar is where it's at and also promotes abundance. It promote. It also opens up your chakras, opens up a person's um, natural aura. Like it does so many different things. So cedar is something that I do also. Um, do you ever use also- Palo Santo? I do. I think Palo Santo has its purpose. Um, I, I like to burn Palo Santo like at the beginning of my day <laughs> to bring good luck and to bring, you know, just good positive vibes. I like to burn it at the beginning of the day. So um, back when I was living in Kentucky, I had a studio. So I used to burn Palo Santo before anybody would come in. But anytime someone would come into my studio, I would smudge them with cedar and I would smudge the room with cedar. And after they left, I would also smudge them with cedar because after you leave a Reiki session, um, your aura is really like open um, and it's high. It's super high vibrational. So sometimes people can attract certain things to them. Um, So I like to burn them with cedar just to add like a little bit of extra spiritual protection for them. If that makes sense. Nice. I totally agree. Well, I agree to a certain extent with Sage, like, I just don't feel like it's strong. Like I don't burn sage unless like maybe just like cleanse the house to just move energy around. But I don't burn sage for a particular like reason. Like I don't use it. I don't even think I have bundles of sage to be quite honest because I don't really use it. 
but like, I just, I don't feel like for me personally, when I'm working and stuff, I don't feel like it does its job to the potential that I need it to do, if that makes sense. Like, I just don't feel like it's strong enough. So my go-to is Palo Santo. I do like to do a lot of dragon's blood, like incense little things. That's like my go-to for like daily Reiki. But um, I agree with, well, how do you feel about sage? Roxy, do you use sage? Do you like it? So I use Palo Santo more than anything. I think I even just mm-hmm. posted it on my Instagram, like, yesterday where I was like my morning routine and then I'll sage like my I'm not sage I'll use Palo Santo around my office and stuff and then just let it like you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> burn next to me because I want to start my day on good like terms and good stuff. terms yeah yeah for sure. and I do it before we record too and I've mentioned this before on on episodes in the past where I like have my little Palo Santo here and then I'll before we jump on I'm like hey let's get the good vibes flowing here <laughs> So yeah, that's pretty much my go-to. So tell us like for people that are intrigued or interested in Reiki, tell us like a little bit about why people would do Reiki or like why somebody would reach out or try to find a Reiki healer or practitioner, master, anything like that. With Reiki, I feel like I've had clients come to me from all over in either virtually or in person. Um, for all different types of reasons. But if you are someone who you've never had a Reiki session done before, you should definitely try it out, especially if you're trying to improve your quality of life in some aspect. Reiki has like this unique ability, unique healing ability to cater to anybody's like people's specific needs. Okay, so just because someone is having like, you don't have to have like things like depression or sadness or anxiety, you don't have to have those things to go get Reiki done on you. Um, It certainly is like uh, Reiki would be a plus and added benefit if you're someone who suffers from things like anxiety, sadness, depression, a lot of stress, you're in a high stressful environment constantly, or you're deep into like shadow work, you have a lot of trauma, you've experienced, you've had a traumatic experience, Reiki certainly helps those individuals. But if you're just someone who is looking to improve your quality of life, Reiki is definitely beneficial to that. Um, and everyone has their own specific needs that they, that they come to me. Like I had a lady come to me, super, super religious, and she's Catholic. And she couldn't even tell her husband that she was coming to see me because she had mentioned it once before. And he told he told her, no, he said, I don't think this goes this. This would like align with our morals and values and Catholic, you know, religious views. And she's like, I can't even tell him. And she's like, but I'm really coming to you because I'm super interested in connecting to angels. She said, I'm super interested in connecting to angels. And she said, I heard that Reiki can help open you up to those kinds of things. And I said, yeah, she would like tell me to like take extra measures so her husband couldn't find (laughs) out. Uh, She said that she was um, in prayer one time and she said she had something come to her like an angel. Um, And she said, but I couldn't really connect well to it. And I didn't understand what the message was. And she said, I want to be able to hear their messages clearer. And then I've had people come to me who are suffering from autoimmune disorders, people who also are going through cancer treatments, because Reiki, I'm not saying that Reiki can heal, like heal or cure any kind of disease. I'm I'm not saying that at all. I just want to put that out there because people have misconceptions. Yeah, we're not doctors. Reiki is not like if you have like a serious medical condition, you go see a doctor. This Reiki doesn't cure like it's an alternative thing that you can do or complementary thing you can do to treatment you're already receiving. So I've had people come to me uh, that have had autoimmune disorders. And it's uh, because when 
Reiki has natural like ways of promoting relaxation and also speeding up the body's natural healing ability. So people that are going through cancer treatments, they, they experience a little bit more less anxiety. Um, also, because when we experience less anxiety and we experience less stress, our pain, like it also has to deal with our pain reception. So our pain isn't as high as like our brain, it tricks our brain into thinking we don't have as much pain in the body. Does that make sense? So when we're not super anxious, when we're not super stressed, when we're not um, super tense, what it like, it like also relieves our body of any kind of tension. So the more tense we are, the more stressed we are, the more anxiety we have, our brain is more receptive to pain, to feel like those unwanted negative feelings. So um, if you're someone who is suffering from like um, an autoimmune disorder, if you're someone who's going through cancer treatments or you're going, whatever it is that you're going through, or you had a a surgery, like a really painful surgery, and you're having a hard time healing after the surgery, you might want to look into Reiki. I'm not saying it's going to be like the end all be all, like it's going to cure you. It's going to be a miracle, but it will, uh, it has the ability to help heal. It has the ability to promote that natural healing in your body. Like I said, if you're someone who suffers from depression, if you have any kind of mood disorders, if you have anxiety, um, things like that, Reiki is also wonderful in helping you with that. So you could go to, you could go see a Reiki practitioner, a Reiki master for a number of different reasons. But uh, one of the most common themes that I see, it's people who are really just trying to improve their quality of life. There is that added benefit that when you have a Reiki session, so the Reiki practitioner and the Reiki master, as well as the client, um, during that session, you're able to tap into higher levels of consciousness. Mm So you become more aware of your body. You become more aware of yourself. It's not just the client, but it's also the uh, the practitioner. So with each Reiki session that you have, you're tapping into a different level of consciousness. So that's another added benefit of that. So if you're someone who is just starting out on your spiritual journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When if they're feeling lost, they know they like you said, they know they have abilities, but they don't really know what to do with them. They don't know how to tap into them the correct way. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That totally makes sense. How do you see Reiki helping people? Because I know we have a lot of like our followers that are like going through divorce or separation, breakups, things like that. How have you seen Reiki help people in that area or dynamic? I have dealt with this a number of times over the course of the years that I've been practicing Reiki. Um, And the number one thing that I hear is like, I'm no longer attached to this person. Mm. It's like, I'm not attached to this person anymore. I see that person for who they are. When you're doing a Reiki session on someone, they become more sensitive to energy. And they, you know, and also, also, I think as a Reiki practitioner, it's your responsibility to also not just do the session, but also tell them a little bit about what can happen after the session. Mm. And so that they're more aware of it. So they start seeing people's energy. They start being able to feel other people's energy. Um, But also they start detaching themselves from things that they no longer align with. So it's much easier for them when uh, when they're going through a divorce. It's like, because one of the biggest things and one of the hardest things is, you know, especially if you've been with someone for so long, there's attachment there. There's there's trauma bonding. There's soul ties. There's things like that. When someone's going through a divorce, it can make it harder. It's like, it's like, I know this person isn't any good for me. I know we're not compatible anymore, but I don't know how to detach myself from this person because we've been together for X amount of years or we have children together, whatever it is, it's hard. Um, So I think like one of the biggest things is that they learn that all of that pain 
and all of the things that they're feeling, it's because they're, they have those attachments to, and once they are able to like cut the ties, cut uh, those cords and cut the attachment, they're able to go through the grieving or the process more uh, smoother and much, much better, you know, because they're not stuck in that phase of like mourning what could have been or what should have been. Yeah, that totally makes sense. It's like a huge, like energy cord per se that they have to people and like yes. you can't just you need bigger scissors than the, just like a little clip clip <laughs> sometimes <laughs> yeah. you need that little extra push but that's so crazy I know you mentioned when you're doing like in person you do the cedar and stuff like that do you kind of do the same rituals when it's like virtual uh yes I do okay so when I do virtual um I before I get on the session I will burn cedar but also I will I put crystals around me. So I create like a a cast. This is uh, something that I do. It's a little bit witchy. Um, And I also do this when people come into my sessions. I tell them right off the bat what I'm doing. And I was like, this is just something that I do that I feel spiritually guided. I like to do. It's not going to cause you any harm. If anything, it's going to protect you. So I cast a protection circle with my crystals. um, And there's certain things that I call upon like mother earth, universal life energy, which is Reiki energy. Um, but I also call upon, it just depends on what you believe, uh, but I call upon Archangel Michael and things like that to be there with me so that I can protect this session. So this session is protected so that anything that's negative, anything that's trying to come through can is not welcome there. It cannot come in. Okay, so I, I like to start off sessions like that. I typically do it before just for time's sake, um, just so that all the time is being spent with the person, just connecting to the Reiki energy. And then after the session, once it's over, I will burn cedar and I will just put it out into the universe for um, just to protect that person and to allow them to to allow the Reiki benefits to continue flowing throughout their body. Yeah. And then I've like in our session, I know that um, you also use the pendulum too. Oh, yeah. Is that yes, something I, you use all the time or it was just, I was special. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so I only really use the pendulum when I'm doing virtual session. And this is why, because I, I am not there to do like the body scan to where I can like feel out your, or like feel out your aura, feel out your chakras. I'm not there. So I need a, I had to figure out a way where I can check a person's chakras to see which chakras they have closed and to see if I can get any messages from my own spirit guides about what I can specifically do to help the person that I'm giving a Reiki Reiki session to. So that's why I use the pendulum on you. Uh, But when you're in person with me, I typically have people lay down on the bed and I will just get them to close their eyes and and I let them know like what I'm doing. I'm just scanning them, um, like scanning their body, kind of doing like an x-ray Uh, if you want like a spiritual x-ray to feel out their aura and to feel out their chakras and to like, sometimes I will, most times like the first session is a general session for me. So I will go through all of the chakras. If they come back to me for like a second or third, I will focus on the chakras that are closed and the ones that are blocked. Yes. Yeah. I gotta, I gotta schedule a follow-up with her. (laughs) No, I'm, I honestly, I, reaped the benefits of it even though it was virtual if that makes sense same when I did it the first time with Drea like I was like oh I need to find me someone in person because this is pretty fucking awesome like this energy exchange through like a screen you know (laughs) yeah it's intense so like when you're doing Reiki have you channeled before through Reiki or do you channel like spirit not like have you ever like channeled like a loved one for somebody when they're doing a Reiki session 
Oh, yeah. Um, so like things like that will come through pretty strong for me. When I'm putting my hand on their body, things will just naturally come to me. Depending on, I kind of feel out a person's vibes and their energy. Some people are more open to receiving these kinds of messages and some people are not. So I kind of had to learn. I've had to like kind of bite my tongue and hold back in certain situations because I'm like, okay, I'm going to freak this person out or they're just not receptive. To, uh, like I don't want to cause um, harm to them or make them feel like weird or make them feel emotional or sad or whatever it is. Like if I don't think it's beneficial to their healing session, I will not tell them. But if I feel like they're open to it and it would be beneficial for them to know, yes, definitely. But I've had loved ones come through. I've also had like pain. I've felt pain in my body that they feel. Like I've been able to feel like if they have like tension or pain in certain areas of their body, I can feel it. Also, sometimes spirit guides will show me certain things that they've gone through or like I've had people come to me that have laid on the table and they're thinking about something and I will like spirits like, you know, talk to them about it. This is what they're thinking about, like, you know, kind of guide them through this, you know. So most definitely that has definitely happened to me and I'm very open to that. Um, and I tell people all the time, things like that do happen. It's not something that we have to go into if you're not if you're not really comfortable with that. That totally oh, makes that's sense. Cool. And then aside from Reiki, do you, because I know on TikTok, you'd have like tarot live readings sometimes. And you've also did like a one-on-one tarot reading for me, which was like super enlightening. And like, I was like, oh my God. Like I honestly, because this is the way I am is like when I'm trying to like, do an exchange with someone or like a reading I kind of like stay quiet and I'll just nod and like let it all like go ahead keep on going and then after I'll be like okay let me tell you how accurate you were type of thing (laughs) because I'm one of those people that like not that I'm not that I don't believe it's just like I want to know without alternating their like feeling towards the situation Mm -hmm. type of thing you know yeah when she was doing it with me she was saying all these things and I would nod and stuff and she probably thought like okay she's not giving me anything (laughs) at first but then afterwards I was like okay so you were totally on point let me tell you why (laughs) (laughs) she was like amazing when that came do you do do you offer like aside from Reiki one-on-one and aside from the tarot like during your lives, do you offer that one on one as well? Like what other services do you offer? So I do offer private tarot sessions and mediumships uh, sessions. The mediumships, I will not do live. I have, it's just my certain thing. I really feel like one of the ways that I'm able to channel and connect to spirit is because I have a high level of respect for spirit. And that's not to say like I'm better than any other tarot reader. It's just for me, I have found that I'm able to get better messages, clearer messages doing that sort of thing. So I will not do mediumship readings live. I just want to uh, like put that out there. I tell people all the time. Um, I feel like it's a very private thing. It shouldn't be for there for all the whole world or whoever's tuning in to hear. But for tarot sessions, I do them live and I do them privately. Now, my private sessions are a little bit more in depth, a little bit longer, you know, especially because I will have like five or six or seven people on live wanting a reading and I've had readings before that have like gone into like 20 minutes on live and people are like come on like we're waiting oh, no. yeah <laughs> you know, please like move on with somebody else 
So I've had to like, I've had to find a balance like between, okay, I'm giving, this is like, this is a good amount of information. This is like, you know, what they need to hear at this time. Um, so I can move on. But yes, I do offer them privately. I love, love tarot. Like I, it's like, it's my heart and soul. It's something I've been doing longer than Reiki. I, I haven't uh, always like used Reiki, uh, tarot as a tool, as a divination tool. I started about five years ago. And the funny thing is I never studied it. I never studied it. I picked up a deck of cards and I just felt connected to it automatically. And I started doing um, tarot sessions for uh, my friends. Like I would just, you know, just for fun. It was not for any kind of gain or anything like that. I just wanted to see because I felt super connected. And they're like, oh my God, how did you know this? Like, I need help with this. Like, how did you know all this? Like all this stuff. And I just felt super, super connected. And also uh, when I do tarot sessions, I connect to my spirit guides, but I'm also like, I can also see if they have spirit guides too. So if they have like loved ones, like it comes across strongly. Like I've had, I've had like tarot sessions where someone is super, super protected. Like literally their loved one or whatever is guarding them or whatever guardian angel guard will come to me like, whoa, what are you doing? Like, why are you trying to tap into their energy? What are, what are you doing? What are you trying to do? And I'll tell people like, give me just a minute. Give me just a minute. Like, you know. But tarot is like my heart and my soul. I love it. Um, I offer that, but I also do like spiritual life coaching where I incorporate uh, tarot and Reiki and the things that I've learned and acquired over the years to help other people on their journey. We still need to set some uh, the mediumship up, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Holidays have been like crazy for me. Like, would like I just like recently moved and I'm trying to like figure things out here and then I have like a bunch of like I'm booked until December for like sessions for any kind of private session tarot reiki like mediumship so I won't have any openings until December which is amazing but at the same time it's overwhelming when I, my career and plus being a mom is it's a little crazy yeah but I think I'm kind of like then I had good timing with you because with reiki because when I hit you up you were like yeah we could totally do it and you had a, like it just, it was meant to be. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yeah. Now you're so on the podcast sharing your gifts too and your knowledge on Reiki. So it's amazing. It's been awesome, you know, and it, it's like, I love another thing. Like I really love social media and what it's done, like how, um, what it's done to people like who are on this spiritual journey. It's just like before social media, before TikTok, before Instagram, before all of this, these podcasts and things like that. Um, people felt so, so alone. Like they had no one to turn to, nobody to talk to. But now it's like, we're a community. There's thousands of us, millions of us yep. who are on the same journey. And yep. I feel like that's just so, so amazing. And I'm so, so grateful for spirits for leading me that way, leading me down that path. Because there was a time where I was really closed off and I wouldn't share this, you know? Um, and I would, and there was no way I would have gone on social media, like TikTok, gone on live talking about this. Like there was no way. But now it's like, there's more of us out there like this. There's, there's a ton of us. I was like, it's not weird at all. It's like, you know, if we're, if it's weird, we're a bunch of weirdos. Then yeah, <laughs> I always say that. I always say I'm not from this planet. I look like a human, but I'm really not from this planet. But you know, what's, what's more amazing is that if you think about it, like we always feel like so alone as women, right? Going through separation, divorce, being parents, like in, in every aspect of life, like somebody could say, I feel alone in this area. Whether it's like, like you said, breastfeeding, being a mom postpartum like I feel like we all have an area of life where we just feel that like it's only me or it's our own little insecurities or fear but in reality the more you talk about it the more you realize like 
I'm not alone. Like I'm not, there's so many people that are going through the same things that I'm going through. It's like, it's like TikTok for me. I always tell Roxy, like, you know, TikTok, I feel like for me personally, because I know some people are more vulnerable, but people always look at you as a healer, like your life, like you're happy, your energy's good. Like everything's always so good, but not knowing that behind the makeup and the lights and everything else, we all go through our own shit. But we have we we portray ourselves on social media to be happy and be you know what I mean. So I feel like sometimes people get misguided with healers because we don't show weakness. But it's like, you know, for me, like for you, like for me, you and I both share something where I'm like, oh, I don't know. I've never talked about that, Roxy. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to open up about that, Roxy. Like there's so many different things where I feel like through the spiritual journey, it's helped me open up today. We helped you open up to talk about something that you haven't been able to talk about. And the benefits of it are greater than us feeling so alone. Because I guarantee you, we're going to, even if you got one person's feedback, like, oh my God, I totally resonate. It's like, holy shit, like, I'm not the only one. So I appreciate that. For sure. Thank you so much for being vulnerable today with us. There's a quote that like I've Mm -hmm. often posted, especially during like October when it's domestic violence awareness this month. And it says, uh, don't be ashamed of your story for it will inspire others. And I feel like that's exactly what you've done today with us. Like Mm -hmm. it just goes to show that we're all just human. We all have our rock bottoms that we hit. It's the way we come back up. And then like, you've just clearly demonstrated that with your testimony that you basically gave us today, which is amazing. And because you're like known as the healing witch, would <laughs> do you have any like advice or like protection type of like rituals that you want to share to with our listeners that would kind of like help them? Because, you know, those bad vibes don't sleep. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, so for sure. Um you know, I, I do, I have acquired like things that I've done over the years and learned over the years to protect your energy, to protect your home and things like that. Really, there's a, there's a number of things that you can do. But one of the best ways that a person can honestly protect themselves from other people's energy is just becoming more aware of their own energy. Mm. I tell people that all the time. You don't have to do a certain ritual. You don't have to carry certain crystals. If you're aware of your own energy, chances are you're going to be aware of other people's energy and you're going to know what you vibe with and what you connect with and what you feel is like, uh uh-uh, this is not for me. This is not something like I want to involve myself with. This is not someone I want to, this is not someone I want to mingle with. I don't want my energy to mesh with their energy kind of thing. So that's the number one thing I say. I say, once you become aware of your own energy, you will know what's good for you and you will know what's not good for you and what's beneficial for you. So that's the number one thing that I say. But also I do have certain certain things that I do throughout my home to protect my energy and to protect also my, my own loved ones. So also what I tell people is be careful what you put in your home. Be careful about the pieces of furniture you select. Be careful about certain quotes Things like if you have writings up on the wall, things like that. So I don't have any pictures in my home of any of my loved ones. I don't have any picture. Me neither. Yeah, I don't have that. I believe that is like, so like, that's bad luck right there. And also things can, you can attract certain things to the, to like yourself by having pictures of loved ones up on the wall. So I don't have any of that. Also, there is no welcome mats around my home. There is no welcome. This is our home. 
anything to invite or open up. There's no, there's nothing <laughs> because that can also invite and open up things into your home and into your space. And the minute that you do that, you're inviting things into your, like you're inviting like anything into yourself, like around yourself. So your home is the number one best place to start where you spend the most time with. That's the number one thing is I put salt around any of my openings, like my windows, my doors. Like I know that sounds like a little bit crazy or something that you may have like saw on movies and TVs, but it really works. Like I put like a little bit of salt around it every like every few weeks or so when I think it needs it. I do that because uh, things can enter your home many different ways and salt repels negativity Also, that's something that you can do is taking salt baths. So if you feel like um, you're just overwhelmed with a bunch of people's energies, like especially if you're an empath, salt baths. Put salt in your bath, soak in that. And then just, you know, when you come out of the tub, just like make the affirmation like you are cleansed and you're clear of anybody's energy and any negative energies. Affirmations is a good one to start. Like just knowing that just putting it out there that you are protected, that you have spirit on your side putting it out there. So it's not like something crazy that you have to do, you know, but also another thing that I like to do besides the cedar, besides smudging the cedar, um, I like to sleep with crystals under my pillows. <laughs> so certain there's certain crystals that I sleep with because when you sleep, you are most vulnerable to any kind of energy, good, bad, neutral, whatever. So I sleep with like a black tourmaline crystal. I sleep with amethyst, selenite. Also, um, I have a black obsidian, which is one of which is a really good crystal to have. And I always wear like I have it on my daughter. My husband has one. We all have one. A labradorite crystal. So uh, like bracelet. So. I wear those kinds of things even when I go out in public. That's what I do. Uh, but I also have like a little practice that I do. <laughs> I tell my Reiki clients to this because when they leave me, they're like open to all kinds of energy. So there's a little practice that I like to do before I go into grocery stores or where I know there's going to be a lot of people. And I know this sounds crazy, but I've had people tell me it works. It just came to me once during a meditation. I just started doing it. And then I've been telling people to do it. So I tell people, obviously they can't see because of the podcast, but to put, to put two hands out in front of you, but your palms are kind of facing you, okay? Your palms are facing you. And then you're going to create like this bubble around you with, with your hands. So you create this whole, it's almost like you're outlining, you're tracing your aura, okay? And then you're going to put your hands out there and you're going to say, nothing can enter this bubble. Nothing can enter this space. And you're going to keep creating that bubble. And you're going to say that you are protected from any, uh, any energies, like whether it's good, bad, or neutral from other people, that you are strictly going to stay in your own energy and nothing can penetrate that bubble. And I will tell people to do that. And I swear, <laughs> I don't know what it is, but it works. And I've had people come and tell me, hey, that really works. Like, because <laughs> there's people that have come to me, like, refusing to go into, like, a grocery store. Like, they get their groceries delivered because they just, it's like that energy. They're super sensitive to energy. Like, they don't want to go in. And I know how that is. I absolutely hate going to the grocery store, or I used to. But now, ever since I started doing that and coming up with ways to protect my energy, I don't mind it anymore. It doesn't affect me. But also Reiki really helps like the Reiki principles. The Reiki principles is like, you will not stress and you will not be angry, you know, just for today. So I will remind myself of those principles when I'm at the grocery store, you know, and let's say someone's taking too long to check out or my daughter, she's being fussy and she wants something and I'm like, oh, you can't have that. 
like whatever, a number of reasons. I remind myself of those principles, you know, and those really help me. So like really Reiki is like that lifelong commitment to those principles. Like I, it helps me every day. In my, every, like every day, like there's something like something shit always comes up. <laughs> like yep, she said, yeah. shit always comes up in your day. So Reiki can be used any time of the day. It doesn't have to be like where you're specifically channeling Reiki for a certain session. I do it any time of the day. I remind myself of the principles, the way of life and everything. And also I incorporate those witchy practices. That's I love awesome. it. Yeah, I love it. I love how like through your spiritual journey, you've created your own little like ways, you know, like I feel like to me, that's like a good spiritual being because you, we get the guided information. We get the tools, we get so whatever from spirit We and we utilize that to create our own you know, like, I feel like Reiki was like for you and for me, like I do when I do Reiki for people, they're like, what did I've never seen Reiki like that? Like how, like I, spirit led, I don't know how I created this, but like you and I both, like you got the concept of Reiki from somebody and you use that and you change it into what spirit led you to create your Reiki of and how you do it and how you practice it and what your sessions consist of and the information given. So that's like, to me, that's like a very spiritual being you know when you could just take something very small and make it into your own spirit led to create something amazing this was a lot of information for people i'm so glad we got somebody finally talking about reiki because i know that it's always been a question from our followers about reiki how what it does what exactly is it and i think this was exactly reiki 101 in a short small summed up session <laughs> to give you guys all like the insight of reiki and now you guys could go check her out what was your instagram again uh my instagram is just Silvana. but if you're really wanting to like dive deep into reiki or my tarot content go on tiktok the healing witch 1111 all her information will be here on our podcast um, links below her information will be on our instagram as well so if you guys ever want to book get a session go check it out get your cards read go do all that good shenanigans <laughs> <laughs> yeah we've tested and verified me personally <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much do you want to leave like last mantra for everybody to you know close off the episode <laughs> I think a good mantra would be for everything that's everything that we talked about in like spirituality and Reiki. I think something a good note to leave off people is just for today, all you have to do is be, okay? Don't focus on the little things, don't focus on what's going what's not going right. Just be who you are. Like there is no finish line. There is no milestone. There is no, there's no nothing. Just be, just literally just be. <laughs> That's the mantra I think that we should leave off. And I just want to thank you guys so much for allowing me to come on here to talk on your podcast. You two ladies have amazing energy. And, you know, I was a little bit nervous coming in here, but you guys definitely made me feel comfortable. And I just want to thank you guys so much. And for all of the viewers as well that are going to listen in, thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you. This thank was fun. You. It was. I think we absorbed your nerves. We're like, we're energy <laughs> vampires. Like nerves, no, no nerves here. <laughs> for sure. Oh, but that was awesome mantra to end the just being so with that you want to close this out Drea all right you guys we are sending you tons of love and light and we are out this biatch <laughs> Bye. Bye.